Well, thank you, Patrick Kelly. Thank you for that kind introduction. To Jeannie Mancini, members of the board, to my friend Carl Anderson and the Knights of Columbus. To Beverly LaHaye and Jim Daly and to all of you. We're the Pences and we're pro-life. And we are honored to join you here at the 37th Annual March for Life Rose Dinner. And I gotta tell you, it's a special joy for me to be here tonight with Karen. She's been my wife for 33 years, but she is so much more. She's a Marine Corps mom. And she's a champion of military families and spouses all around the world. In case you hadn't heard about it, she's even an art teacher at a Christian school. And I gotta tell you, where is she? Has she gone backstage? I wanna ask her to come back out here because I wanna give you a chance. I couldn't be more proud of the pro-life second lady of the United States of America, Karen Pence. Isn't she something? <laughs> and I'll tell you, before I go one step further, let me mention, uh, let me mention a friend of mine. I just left his office a few minutes ago. I told him I was headed your way. He's a leader whose heart you heard today at the March for Life. Once again, I bring greetings from the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. You know, the president said today to the March for Life, in his words, this is a movement founded on love, grounded in the nobility and dignity of every human life. And so it is. And all of you gathered in this room are a testament to that truth. You know, looking across this room, there are a lot of familiar faces. I've spotted more than a few. I've seen some old friends in the room that we've known in this movement for a long time. See, a lot of people we haven't had the chance to meet. The same was true yesterday when I, I met with some young leaders from Students for Life that we welcome to this White House. I was so impressed. I mean, their fresh faces and yours tonight show that our movement is as vibrant as the values that we advocate. We're growing and we're inspiring a rising generation with our message of generosity and compassion and life is winning in America because of all of you. I gotta tell you though, surrounded by all those college students yesterday, I kind of made us feel a little bit like old timers. <laughs> and I guess we are. And I sure feel younger every time, every time that crowd I saw again today comes to town. It takes me, uh, 
It takes me back. As many of you know, this, uh, this actually wasn't the first time, as Patrick said, that our, our family made it to the March for Life. It was more than 20 years ago as a new member of Congress that Karen and I bundled up our three little ones, put on the snow boots, and headed down to the National Mall. Because as Karen and I like to tell people, we're here for life. You know, it really is remarkable to think about everything that's happened over the, all those years. The progress we've made, the hearts that have been touched, the lives that have been changed, the lives that have been saved. But standing on that stage today and now standing here tonight, it, it seems to me like we've reached a, another level of optimism. Today, as never before, I sense it everywhere I go in this country as I meet pro-life Americans, as I see this rising generation embracing life as never before. This movement is filled with hope that we will restore the sanctity of life to the center of American law. And it's no wonder why you see that hope. The past two years alone have been unlike any in the recent history of this movement. As we look across the country today, I, I want to say one thing clearly. Because of your stand, because of your voices, because of your generosity, your compassion, and your prayers, life is winning in America again. Life is winning because of all of you, because of the courage of the, and tenacity of the hundreds of thousands who've joined the march today and in all the years past and the tens of millions that they represent. Life is winning because of the conviction of of the leaders that you've helped elect at every level, from state houses to the Congress to the White House. And I got to tell you, for my part, I couldn't be more proud to serve as vice president to the most pro-life president in American history, <laughs> President Donald Trump. And I've seen this president in action, and we'll talk tonight a little bit about the progress that we've made together under President Trump's leadership, but I've also seen his regard for all of you in the March for Life. You know, I told, I told uh, Patrick a little bit earlier that back when we visited the March for Life for the first time two years ago, it was really my great honor. But it kind of just came about one day. I mean, that day, I think of the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom was visiting the White House, and uh, the President and I were talking in the Oval Office, and and they he was told that he wasn't going to be able to, you know, get word down or go visit, and um, it was kind of funny because he said, "Oh, I'm kind of disappointed because we're busy." And I looked at him across that resolute desk, and I said, "Well, you know." Uh, <laughs> I said, they, uh, they actually invited me too. Uh, and he said, they invited you to go to the march? And I said, yeah. I mean, they, you know, asked me to come down. He said, well, you should definitely go and do that. And it was my great honor to be the very first vice president of the United States to address the march for life, not once, but twice. 
And of course, while he couldn't address the march that first year, President Trump made history last year when he became the first president ever to address the March for Life from the Rose Garden of the White House. And you heard his commitment to this movement again today. You know, it's not just about speeches that we give and where we show up. In this administration, it's all about results. In this pro-life administration, across the board, we've been working every day to keep our promise to stand with all of you without apology for the sanctity of human life. In one of his very first acts, President Trump reinstated the Mexico City policy. And now we will ensure that our foreign aid dollars never go to groups that promote abortions abroad. That policy used to cover only $600 million in funding. We've expanded it to cover nearly $9 billion in foreign aid. The Mexico City policy has never been stronger. And President Trump withdrew the United States from the United Nations Population Fund, preventing tax dollars from supporting forced sterilization or abortion overseas. And here at home, under this president's leadership, we've been upholding the conscience rights of doctors and nurses. We're taking action to stop Title X funding from going to any organization that performs abortions across, the, across this country. And this president signed into law a law that allows states to withhold federal funding from abortion providers. And it was my high honor as vice president to cast the tie-breaking vote to empower all 50 states to defund Planned Parenthood. We got it done. This administration's efforts represent the strongest and most sustained defense of life by any administration in my lifetime. All of us here today know that it's true. But frankly, so does the other side. And they're desperate to roll back the progress that we've made. In fact, just last week, the new majority in the House of Representatives passed a bill that would repeal the Mexico City policy. And while our administration, as the president said today, supports the effort to permanently ban federal funding for abortion, leading Democrats today now promise to open the floodgates to taxpayer-funded abortions by repealing the Hyde Amendment. So to all of you gathered here and to those looking on, let me be clear. President Donald Trump will veto any bill that weakens protection for human life. So we've been standing for life. We've been making real progress in the defense of that most cherished right. To uphold all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution, despite unprecedented obstruction in the United States Senate, we've also been appointing strong conservatives to our federal courts at every level. And we're just getting started. For the progress we've made, there's a lot of work to be done. 
You know, at the start of this year, 70 of our judicial nominees were still awaiting a vote in the United States Senate. These are exceptionally qualified men and women, all principled conservatives who will interpret the Constitution as written. They all deserve swift confirmations and bipartisan support. And while we're on the topic, I just got to ask, how could the party of John Fitzgerald Kennedy tolerate discrimination against a nominee simply because he belongs to the Knights of Columbus? The party of JFK is better than that. Nebraska's Brian Boucher should soon be Judge Brian Boucher. The good news is, even with all the obstruction by liberals in the Senate, it's remarkable to see how President Trump's leadership is reshaping our federal courts. In our first two years, we actually set a record. For the most Court of Appeals judges confirmed in the first two years of any administration in American history, and they are all principled conservatives, and that doesn't even include Justice Neil Gorsuch or Justice Brett Kavanaugh. So we find ourselves in a time of renewed hope and determination. Because of all of you and your labors in this movement over these nearly 50 years, because of the leadership of this president and the leadership that you've supported at every level, we've achieved more in the past two years than at any point in the history of our cause. Life is winning in America. We're closer now than we've ever been to restoring the sanctity of life to the center of American law. So today, at this wonderful Rose Dinner, let me just urge you to press on. Now more than ever, let us be a movement of generosity, not judgment, of compassion, not confrontation. Let's resolve tonight to do even more to come alongside women and families in their time of need so that we might transform their anxiety into joy and help them welcome the gift of life into their lives. Let's go where we're needed most. In the halls of government, yes, but more importantly, on our city streets, maybe right next door. Let's be more sensitive than ever to our neighbors and friends as we stand in this cause. And let's do as this year's march has done and illuminate the truth that life with the light of science will expand the sanctity of life. Science is our friend in the cause of human life. The more science advances, the more we understand about the unborn, the more, the more we see the cause of life grow and expand in the hearts of people all across this country. And in the days ahead, let's, let's also resolve to tell the story of not what we're fighting for, but, but who. 
let's tell the stories of the changed lives and the saved lives as never before. Let's not just appeal to the mind of the American people. Let's appeal to their hearts. You know, this week we got a, we got a letter from a little girl who I actually had the privilege of meeting at the White House today. She came to the March for Life. And just over a decade ago, her mom was facing a time of great crisis. As she told me today, along with her daughter, she found herself in a crisis pregnancy in a difficult relationship, more difficult than I could imagine. She sought help from a faith-based clinic called Stanton Healthcare. There she found not judgment, she found love, and compassion, support, and care. And she chose life. And that little life was sitting right next to me at the White House today. She delivered her letter to me and I asked her if she might read it and she, uh, she did. She wrote, thank you for supporting Stanton Healthcare. I'm glad that you help places like Stanton because women like my mom need love and care. My mom was struggling and was scared, but she loved me so much that she reached out for help. Now I have a forever extended family with all the people there. And then she wrote, I love to draw all the time. She actually drew a picture of her and me. She was a cat and I was a dog. She said, I enjoy learning, learning to speak Portuguese and Mandarin Chinese. She says, I love to pitch, fast pitch, softball. I love my violin. I couldn't enjoy such a perfect life without my mom and everyone who helped us like you. Thank you for supporting life. You know, I'm told that eloquent and wonderful little writer is with us tonight, Paulina and her mom, Jessica. Could you stand and just let us thank you for your example? amazing mom what an amazing little girl that's what this is all about isn't it that's the story we got to tell we're close men and women saw my friend Carl on television just a couple days ago and he was talking about how
more and more Americans are embracing life, almost as never before. Younger Americans changing their attitudes and their hearts and their minds and their embracing life. And we just got to tell Paulina's story and her mom's story. And we also got to think of those stories that we'll never know. You know, we think of the tens of millions of abortions. Over the last 46 years, we think of the numbers, but I thought my old friend Henry Hyde probably captured it best. I served in the Congress with Henry Hyde. And I dye my hair to look more like him. <laughs> you knew Henry. He was a great man. He was a great champion for life. Henry Hyde was the foremost champion for the right to life the Congress will ever know. Henry spoke words I heard long ago, and I've never been able to shake them. He said, quote, when the time comes, as it surely will, when we face that awesome moment, the final judgment. I've often thought that it would be a terrible moment of loneliness. You have no advocates, you're standing alone before God and a terror will grip your soul like nothing you can imagine. But Henry said, I really think those in the pro-life movement will not be alone. I think there'll be a chorus of voices that have never been heard in this world but are heard beautifully and clearly in the next. And they'll speak up for everyone who's been in this movement. They'll say, spare them, because they loved us. So thank you for loving them, too. It's a joy to be with you tonight. Thank you for all you do to advance the cause of life, supporting this great March for Life, so important in the life of our nation. The men and women in this room are the foot soldiers of this movement. Your generosity enables millions across America to better understand and be better equipped to tell the story and to tell the truth that every life is unique and precious, that every life is worth defending. And we know but this cause, this March for Life, is also about the character of our nation. It's about being worthy of, of the inheritance that we have as sons and daughters of America. So my friends, we march today. We gather tonight. And we will march tomorrow. Because we hold fast to our nation's most cherished ideals. We stand with women and men, along with all those who are to come. And we stand believing in those ancient words. 
that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. We claim that truth. And we claim another ancient promise. That I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This is a season of hope in this movement. So let's stay with it. Let's renew our energy in this cause and draw more people to it through compassion and love and truth. And I leave here tonight with renewed faith of my own. Faith in all the good men and women in this movement, all the young people, all the people that have been around this movement since it began. Faith in all the faithful elected officials who stand for life courageously from state houses to our nation's capital. Faith in that president I serve alongside to keep keeping his promises to all who labor in the cause of life. And lastly, my faith is renewed because it's faith in him who said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And I believe in my heart it's especially true when we make his work on this earth our own. And the cause of life is his cause. So thank you. God bless you. And here's to life.